Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us here today for this show. Sorry I did not get a chance to do a a typical Monday show, Death in the Family, preventing that from taking place. Uh, But we should be okay with shows for the rest of the week and keeping you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. Don't forget today's show. Brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show, including, of course, the NHL's possible plans for next season as they try to figure out a way to play with the pandemic continuing Uh, and uncertainty surrounding whether or not fans will be able to be in the stands and a whole lot more. We continue our look at each Islanders uh, season past and their prospects for the season to come, where they fit in with the team. We will have a look at an Islanders bottom six forward, who is uh, a very good physical player. So we will have that later on in the show. And of course, We will have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more. So let's start out with the National Hockey League and the news surrounding that organization. And look, the league trying to figure out what they're going to do for 2020-2021. And one of the things that was reported up in Canada is the possibility of putting together four to six different bubble environments Uh, Now, according to Frank Saravelli of TSN up in Canada, this has been kicked around on a preliminary basis and that the bubbles would hopefully for the National Hockey League be located where fans could attend games. So it would have to be one bubble in Canada at least and then, you know, somewhere between four and five other, or three and five other bubble environments. And the plan actually, you know, might involve for one season, uh, fixing the divisions and rearranging them. For example, if there's one bubble in Canada, they may have an all-Canadian division where all of the teams, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, etc., all play in the same division and then would all play there games in the same bubble that if they're doing it that way geographically uh, obviously may not change that much for the Islanders as far as who would be in their bubble 
you got to figure the Rangers, Islanders, uh, you know, Penguins, Capitals, the, the, the usual suspects would most likely be located in the same bubble. But the difference, the big difference between this setup and what they did for the playoffs with the two-bubble system this year uh, was that there would be a rotation where the players would spend two weeks inside the bubble, one week back home with their families, and each team would play approximately 12 games a month. Now, there are a number of potential obstacles to this, and it's something that the NHL, again, is only thinking of preliminarily, so not even close to being finalized, but here are some of the obstacles. The NHL has to finish their season uh, for American television purposes before July 22nd, because that's when the Tokyo Olympics originally, they were supposed to take place in 2020. Obviously, that could not happen last summer with the pandemic raging throughout the world. So again, now that also may change. We may not be able to have the Olympics uh, come July, but as of right now, uh, they are still on schedule for that. So uh, NBC has the rights to the Olympics, and if they're going to do that and start the season, let's say December 1st, which is, again, a preliminary date that the league was kicking about, they would have to probably cut the season if they're going to finish the Stanley Cup playoffs before July 22nd to somewhere between 48 and 60 games in order to be able to do that. Now, the other problem, obviously, is that the league would be, if the players have two weeks in the bubble and then one week at home, you've got players who have been exposed potentially to people who have not been in the bubble and then re-enter the bubble. And that definitely increases the possibility that someone could bring an infection from their home from the outside of the bubble into the bubble. So, look, we're nowhere near finalizing this. There is a meeting scheduled next week to discuss logistics for next season. And understandably, Donald Fear, who is the NHL Players Association Executive Director, has said that the players don't want to spend an entire season in quarantine. And I don't blame them. If you go, you know, December 1st to July 20th or July 15th, let's say, uh, you know, you're talking about spending for a team that goes all the way to the Stanley Cup final. You're talking about spending, you know, seven to eight months in a bubble. That's not really going to work. Um, here's what Fear told the Associated Press on uh, Sunday, a couple of days ago, he said, certainly not for a season, of course not. Nobody's going to do that for four months or six months or something like that. Whether we could create some protected environments where people would be tested and they'd be clean and they came in and that lasted for substantially a shorter period of time with people cycling in and out is one of the things I suspect that we will examine. So look, Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, still saying, hey, there's so much we still don't know. 
and that anything regarding next season is nothing more than speculation. So it's still out there. We do not know exactly how the league is going to handle this, but it is something that we here will keep an eye on and we'll obviously let you know how it is going to affect the Islanders if and when we get more details about it. Your thoughts about it? Well, if you are want to weigh in, please send us an email with your comment, question, or a different topic you'd like to, to discuss that's Islanders-related. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings concerning the New York Islanders. So, we have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We still have to do our Islanders birthday of the day, and I'll give you a clue. It's uh, somebody whose brother also played for the New York Islanders. We'll also discuss uh, our review of another player, where they were last year, where they fit in next year. So, lots more to get to here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And folks, if you're like me, it's never easy to shop for auto parts. It's just not something that I know a heck of a lot about. Hockey, sure, but auto parts, not so much. And chain stores, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and for do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone. You do not need a membership or an account logon. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They've got everything you need for your car or truck from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I uh, just wanted to also read a letter from the Islanders organization, specifically from Lou Lamorello to Islanders fans. It came out a couple of days back. Uh, Dear Islanders fans, everyone in in your Islanders organization thanks you for your unwavering support during this unprecedented season. The 2019-20 hockey season was long, however most was a long, however most gratifying journey. We began with training camp in September, the groundbreaking press conference at Belmont Park, US, uh, UBS Arena, and culminated this past week with so many of you welcoming the team home from the Stanley Cup playoffs. The highs and lows of this past season extended beyond the ice. Everyone worked through their own personal struggles of the COVID-19 pandemic. To all our frontline heroes and essential workers, you were the true reason we were able to return to play hockey. This past season was another step in the right direction. High standards have been set for the New York Islanders, and we will continue to make sure that they are met each and every day. Thank you again for your support and passion. Be assured, preparation for the 2020-2021 season has begun. Respectfully, 
Lou Lamorello, Islanders general manager. So that was uh, obviously uh, a nice message from Lou Lamorello to Islanders fans, thanking them for their support during what was certainly the most unusual season in Islanders history. Right now, time for our Islanders birthday of the day, and today it is the 48th birthday for former Islanders center Jorgen Janssen, uh, brother of defenseman Kenny Janssen. Janssen played most of one season with the Islanders back in 1999-2000, 68 games with the Isles, uh, scoring 11 goals, 28 points, a minus six plus minus, was then traded at the trade deadline to the Anaheim Ducks. The native of uh, Angel Home, Sweden, played most of his career in the Swedish Elite League, just spending the one season in North America. Uh, actually started in the Swedish Elite League back in 92-93 and finished his career in 2008-2009. So his NHL statistics, 81 games, 12 goals, 31 points. He was drafted by the Flames back in the ninth round of the 1994 NHL entry draft, looking back at one of his better games as an Islander, and he had a three-game stretch that was just outstanding, but we went and picked one February 12, 2000, at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum Islanders, taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, J.S. Aubin, John Sebastian Aubin in goal for the Pens, Kevin Weeks, in goal for the Islanders, and it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Matthew Biron, his third from Mike Watt and Josh Green at 226. That gave the Islanders the early one to nothing lead. Then Marius Tchaikovsky, his 22nd from Jorgen Janssen, and Jason Krog at 1626. After one period, it was two to nothing in favor of the Islanders. In the second period, with Tchaikovsky off for tripping, Jan Redina getting his 12th goal of the season for Pittsburgh on the power play. Rob Brown and Yaramir Yager with the helpers at 13-10 after two periods, 2-1 two to one in favor of the Islanders. Then the Islanders break out to a 3-1 to one lead with a shorthanded goal early in the third period. Ole Jokinen was off for slashing, and Jorgen Janssen scores on a shorthanded, unassisted goal, his 11th of the season at 2:02, Islanders holding on now to a 3-1 lead. Jamie Heward, his sixth from Tchaikovsky and Krog at 10:04 on the power play, extends the Islander lead to 4-1, and then another tenth from Jorgen Janssen and Eric Kearns at 13:48. Islanders skate away with a 5-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kevin Weeks, 33 saves. In this game for the Islanders, Jorgen Janssen, our uh, Islanders birthday of the day, one goal, two assists in this game and a plus three, along with Eric Cairns, who was also a plus three in this game for the Islanders. Uh, shots on goal, four for Dave Scatchard and four for Ole Jokinen to pace the Islanders. They end up with a 5-1 to one victory here as we celebrate one of the better games for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Jorgen Janssen. Happy 48th birthday to Jorgen Janssen, 
uh, as we look back at one of the best games of his New York Islanders career. When we come back, we'll take a look at an Islander player and review their 2019-2020 season and look ahead to how they may fit in on the team next year. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So we're back, and let's discuss another one of the Islanders players from this year as we're going through the entire roster as we begin our look at the offseason. And today, we'll look at number 32 in your program, Ross Johnston, uh, the six foot five, 235-pounder from Charlottetown, uh, PEI. Uh, three goals and one assist this season for the New York Islanders. And again, not always looking for a lot of offense from Ross Johnston. He is primarily there to be a physical presence on the third and fourth lines, depending on the lineup and the health of uh, everybody in it. Had his first goal back in a 5-3 to three loss to the Flyers on October 27th. Also scored December 9th in a 5-1 win over the eventual Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, and congratulations to them for winning the Stanley Cup Last night, his third goal came in a 5-2 loss to the Blackhawks uh, on December 27th. His assist in a 3-2 win over the Rangers on January 16th. Obviously, the big thing for Johnston, I think his biggest contribution came in the playoff game against the Philadelphia Flyers back on August 24th. He was inserted into the lineup and ended up with 10 hits in just 11 minutes and 13 seconds of ice time. So where does that leave Ross Johnston right now? And here's the things that uh, Ross Johnston really brings to the table. He is a good team guy. He has size. He is a good skater for someone his size. Not going to score a lot of points, but he's going to play physically, and he is going to give you 110% effort game in and game out, plays the kind of hockey that certainly Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello appreciate from a bottom six forward. He is limited offensively, no question about that, but that's not why he is in most of the games that he is in, and it becomes a question of having a guy like that on the roster to play. Now, look, if Matt Martin does not re-sign with the Islanders, e- even then the Islanders have a lot of players on their roster that are similar to uh, the style of play that you get from Ross Johnston. But he gives you that size, he gives you the ability to be a little intimidating at times, and he certainly gives you everything he's got game in and game out. He is really sort of your... 12th or 13th forward on a good hockey team where, you know, if they need a little bit more finesse in the lineup, they'll put in somebody else. If they need a more physical presence in the lineup, you go with a guy like Ross Johnston and he'll give you a good nine, you know, eight, nine, 10, up to 11 minutes of ice time. He will throw the body around. He will grind for the puck in the corners. He will be responsible defensively. And 
he will play his role and play it to the hilt. So I think Ross Johnston returns next year. Uh, but again, one of those guys who is going to play somewhere between if they play a full season, uh, 30 and 45 games, be in and out of the lineup, give you everything he's got, be a good guy in the locker room, and continue to contribute as a bottom six forward. Would it shock me if they, you know, moved him or if he started the season or, or spent part of the season in Bridgeport? Wouldn't shock me. But he is really a, a, a decent, good, hardworking bottom six forward who, you know, probably will remain in that role as long as he is in the National Hockey League because he just doesn't have the hands and the speed to compete as a top six forward. He just does not have that ability. But look, Ross Johnston, popular player, a guy who every team would love to have on their roster, even if he is going to be a, you know, specifically a role player for your team. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back tomorrow with another podcast and every day for the rest of this week. Don't forget our shows drop a little after 12.25 a.m., just after midnight. So night owls can listen before bed, early risers. It'll be waiting for you in, for you in your inbox. And the best way to make sure that's true is to subscribe to the Locked On Islanders podcast at the podcatcher of your choice. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.